Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 195. Uh, hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we learn that showering is not essential, and that as a nation, we might be done with bean recipes. Uh, I am your host, Nikine Farsad, and it turns out that I'm gluten-free, except when there's a global pandemic, and then I'm suddenly gluten-full. Uh, today, we're going to talk about elections during COVID, celebrity culture on lockdown, and you guys, we're going to talk about the term, you guys. Uh, today, I'm so excited by this panel. Oh, my God. Um, I forgot to turn on my timer. I'm turning it on right now. And uh, I'm so excited by this panel. Um, you have heard her on the show before. She's a comedian. She's a writer. She's a, she has a fantastic special that's available on the digital platforms. Um, you can see her Adult Swim special episodes called Soft Focus with Jenna Friedman. She's my friend. You guys, it's Jenna Friedman. Hi. Um... Also, Jenna is joining from Los Angeles at the baller hour of 7.30 a.m. Uh, thank you, Jenna, for doing that. Oh, it's my pleasure. Such a- I don't sleep anymore, so it was no sweat. <laughs> Neither do I. Um, 
And I'm also joined by a um, <clears throat> comedian, uh, writer. We just did a writing job together hilariously this week uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. Thanks for that one job. Um, <laughs> you've seen him on Seth Meyers. You've seen him on High Maintenance. In fact, we're in the same episode of High Maintenance together. You guys, you've heard him on the show before. You love him. It's Michael Cruz Kane. Hi, Michael. Hello, friends. What a joy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just quick question before we get going. How are you feeling like about life right now? Uh, I have, I think, spiraled into uh, previously unknown levels of anxiety. <laughs> That's how I would describe it. Is this supposed to be a feel-good show? I, <laughs> I would say that up until this happened, this is very, um, I hate to like to bring up privilege right away, but... It really does awaken you to the privilege that you have where I have never thought of politics as something that was going to get me killed until this started happening. And then I was like, oh, right. A president is like for this. This is why you have one of those. <laughs> A president is for this. Uh, Jenna, how do you feel? I think it's great that all of our interactions are going to be available to Russian spies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I go through waves. I think, I just think it's going to be, we're going to be in here a long time. And it's also making me like LA in a way that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> what's your, Jenna, what's your prediction? How long do you think we're in quarantine? I mean, I think we're going to be in some form of quarantine until there's a vaccine, just because of the nature of coronaviruses. They're like seasonal. Uh, people don't like to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I Three to 18 months. I want to make the prediction that we're going to be in this until there's really open and wide um, testing for antibodies That's and, true too. Test and, and regular be, testing. Yes. And it won't be necessarily this form of quarantine. It, it could be like, you know, oh, like work is starting and then we'll stop. And then, like maybe they'll have some Yeah, or you might have to wear did you, freedom. I'm quarantine. sure everyone in America is seeing contagion by now. Um, but I think uh, one of the way they had the like hand bracelet to show that they got the vaccine. I think we could have hand bracelets to show that we have the antibody or whatever it is. Anyways, and armbands to show you're supporting Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> It'll be a hand bracelet that says make America great again slash I have the antibodies. Oh, my God. That's a joke, but they will definitely do that. I Trump's <laughs> face will be on all those bracelets. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? Let's get into the show with the topic number one. I want to start with Bernie. He dropped out of the race, you guys. He's going to remain on the ballot in the remaining states to see if he can amass some more delegates and have more influence at the Democratic Convention. But he dropped out. Um, how do you feel, Michael? Um, I'm a huge Bernie fan. He's been my candidate the last couple of elections, <laughs> and I am depressed about it. I mean, like, I mean, I voted for Hillary. I made the phone calls. I donated the money. I feel like I have to say that so people don't write threatening letters to my children. But <laughs> I also, and I will do the same thing for Joe Biden. But man, I am, I'm really bummed about it. I hope that he can continue to be an influence on mainstream politics from outside the office of the presidency. But the idea that I got to choose, I'm going to look, I'm voting for Joe Biden. I swear to God, I'm going to make the calls. I'm going to donate the money. I'm going to, I'm going to yell at my in-laws and I'm going to do all of it. But 
the idea that I've got to choose between Trump and Joe Biden is just really depressing. There's, it's obviously Biden, obviously, but it's like, a little it, depressing. It is like the, to to be like for the most powerful man in the country. We came up with these are the two best guys we could come up with, and it's like <laughs> like it's horrifying. Um, Michael, are you going to still vote for Bernie? In, when we at some point have our primary race in New York, the completely yeah. irrelevant primary state? I'm not sure. I don't know about that. I, I I think I might just vote for Biden. I really have to think about that more fully. I've seen that that's a thing that people are talking about, that Bernie himself has suggested. I, I really want to like write down pros and cons for myself about, I mean, obviously whether I do it, but also whether it's something I try and convince my friends who are Bernie supporters to do. I should also say that every Bernie supporter I know personally is also going to vote for Biden. I know there's going to be a thing out there where it's when Biden loses because he is a garbage candidate that it's going to get blamed on the Bernie people, which is a bummer. I'm telling you, most of us are going to vote for Joe Biden. Well, it's funny because the the Bernie loss has already been blamed on Elizabeth Warren. Yes. Very, uh, which is <laughs> not true and ridiculous. Jenna Friedman, what do you feel? Um, uh, I feel like we're voting for the vice president, uh, for both of Trump or Biden. I, I mean, I'm not an actuary, but they're just, <laughs> it's not looking good. Coronavirus aside. And then when you factor that in, it's just, you know, so I hope we get a really good vice president and then that's who I'll be voting for and campaigning for. Um, I think, you know, Bernie had a lot of really great, um, ideas. I I was a Warren, still am Warren supporter. I think it's good that he left earlier so that we can mend the division within the party. I yeah, think it's a shame it. that the Democratic Party didn't get their act together earlier because there were candidates like Julian Castro and Jay Inslee who are so great, who I think could have, and Cory Booker, who just, I feel like, slipped through the cracks and Kamala a little too early that I think the fact that we ended up with Joe Biden is just because of how fractured we are as a voting base and how uncom. I mean, I don't know the inner workings of the Democratic Party, but it just feels like it shouldn't have come to this. But now that it is, I'll, I'd rather vote for somebody with one allegation instead of 20. I mean, you guys have heard me say this before on the show, but it came to this because we have an absolutely absurd, ridiculous primary voting system in which two states have an outsized influence um, and the rest of the states do not get the full slate of options. So that's why this happened. <laughs> and, Iowa and New Hampshire. Yes. Yeah. Um, and do you like, could this have been different if, if it weren't for coronavirus? Like, could Bernie have kept it mounted the campaign that he wanted to in, in, you know, after South Carolina, if it wasn't for this? No, I think I, it was in the cart. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I think he still would have lost. I mean, like, yeah. I, I love the guy, but I, I do think that after South Carolina, it was pretty well, as Jenna was about to say, in the cards. I think it's hard to argue that he had any win. To me, the number one thing that advocates for Bernie Sanders at this point is the reality in which we live, which is like, oh, actually, it turns out all the things that he's that he's been advocating for we literally it's not even like do you want them anymore like it's a it's a practical imperative that they get implemented but then to his credit i think he's also like i don't know if i'm gonna win and we need trump to lose so i gotta get out now 
Which is why I think we, you know, we really should consider voting for Bernie in the remaining states because these things need to officially go into the Democratic platform. You know what I mean? They should, we should functionally put them in the Democratic platform. And that's something that Bernie could use for leverage in doing that in the Democratic convention. You know what I mean? I think there is a, there is a method to that madness and it could result in actually putting this stuff in the platform. I think there's a lot of, goodwill around actually doing that already because we're experiencing it, uh, this pandemic. But, uh, but I am, I am moved by the idea of voting for Bernie just so that he does have more delegates just so that he can do that. Yeah. Um, I just think we have to be, and again, I, I am a Bernie guy. I just, we have to be careful with that because the message that gets sent has to end up being, see how important these things are and not yeah. That the party's super divided right. still, that we don't right. want Biden. Right. No, I worry I that if we all vote for Bernie in the remaining primaries, it, it would just give ammunition to the Republicans and demoralize the Democrats. So I don't, I'm not a political strategist. I pretend to be one, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so clear all across the country that we need healthcare, universal healthcare. Uh, especially like because I mean the corona, the one benefit of the coronavirus besides lowering school shootings is um, <laughs> oh my God. the need for universal health care and how obvious that is and you can tell Republicans like hey I mean um, people if they don't have health care it can hurt you <laughs> like you know I think we didn't really see that until unfortunately they didn't see that until recently. And I think still in a lot of cases, they still don't see it, right? They're and they still, still like, don't see it. And it's like, you know, your business will do better. <laughs> yeah, if you, let, if you let the undocumented immigrants get tested, I promise You'll make you more money. you will get richer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, when well, there are more talk, people to... Yeah. Let's talk about the functional act of voting, because that's something um, that's a big fat fucking problem right now. Uh, the Wisconsin election, primary election, and it was a statewide election as well, a statewide primary for for a, a Supreme Court spot, I think. Um, that went forward on Tuesday. It went. There was a back and forth. Will they? Won't they? The governor tried to stop it. Then there were suits, and then the Supreme Court overturned it. In places like Milwaukee, where there are normal normally 180 polling places, they were down to five polling places. Um, which meant more people had to be socially distant in fewer spaces. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? We don't know the results of the Wisconsin race, um, and we won't know until next week, probably. Uh, but uh, w- does it worry you <laughs> for other states? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a it's voter suppression. I just I think the fact that we're making people risk their lives to vote more than normal is awful. And I'm worried about us having a Democratic election in November and getting people out there to vote. I mean, if if the progressive young people voted, I would be a little bit more hopeful, but because they don't vote and then the people who do vote are literally risking their lives to go to the polls, I just don't, I think there's going to be such widespread voter suppression. It's going to I be think the only that. the only possible way in which um, we get young people to vote in November, to me, probably is that we're still under quarantine. Because then it's like, here's the thing you can do to go see people. You want to be out of your house? Go vote. That's where all your buddies will be. And hopefully that'll convince the people who never vote that getting out of your house is at least a way to be social. I don't know. 
Um, but it's not smart. I mean, oh no, I don't of, think it's. <laughs> no, I know. I just, <laughs> just think, to clarify, it's, it's just weird how it's just even just the whole like the whole rollout of this virus and the way that the CDC handled it, beginning with like the uh, test kits that weren't really functioning. It's just this whole experience has exposed so many cracks in our society. Uh, I know Warren has a plan for it, and that's to give everybody uh, mail-in paper ballots. But I just, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, so. it's not. I mean, first of all, the the most hilarious thing about this uh, about this issue is that Trump was asked about mail-in paper ballots, and he said it was a terrible idea. And he said we are going to get levels of voting like we've never seen before. A Republican would never win um, if we had that kind of voting, uh, which is like he, he said that he said it, it out loud. Yeah, he said the in parentheses <laughs> wow. part that you're supposed to just have in your head. He said that part out loud. But um, uh, but also he himself is a mail in voter. Yeah, he va- mail in votes from Florida, which he did in, in the recent primary. Um, but he said, I can do that because. I'm here and I have a, you know, he <laughs> just like said some nonsense. Um, so one of the things that like, okay, I want to say a few hopeful things about mail-in voting. There isn't, so some states already have it, right? And they're, and they're fantastic. Of course, like the Republicans cite fraud as an argument. Um, Senator Michael Bennett of Colorado, uh, who was also a presidential nominee, one of the many forgotten ones, um, he said to Trump, um, you know, Mr. President, we've had vote by mail in Colorado for years. We don't have fraud, but we do have the second highest turnout in America. Uh, so it has a huge turnout effect, you guys. Um, and again, and the funny thing about fraud is, I think, you know, the the arguments for fraud are very much steeped in like the early 20th century. (laughs) I mean, when there was the the kind of party machines and Tammany Hall and all that stuff and stuffing ballot boxes or whatever. Um, And it's definitely something we just haven't seen in modern times. It's just not it's not an argument. It's statistically insignificant compared to voter suppression when you make voting harder for people. Yeah, exactly. Statistically insignificant. Um, and in the, the funny thing to me about the idea of like voter fraud is that it's such a, when, it, if you're thinking individual, like let's say undocumented workers are somehow going out there and doing voter fraud, it is such a long con for these, for these people. The idea of like, okay, I'm going to go in there and I put on a different mustache. And then in three to four <laughs> years, when that person, the elected official is a master coalition, there may be a program that could possibly benefit me. Like the idea of this fraud, frauds are not, frauds are more of a quick fix situation. And this is not, in, if the machines aren't working in this way anymore, which they are not, um, I just you know, it's just a ridiculous argument. Um, now that said, like I said, um, 25% of all ballots were cast by mail in 2016 and about 30% of them were cast by mail in 2018. So this shit is happening guys. It's already in place in some places. It's happening for five States vote. There's, we already have vote by mail in 16 States. You, you can request an absentee ballot. Um, and, um, in 17 States, they're, uh, they kind of lack a vote by mail option. New York is one of them, Alabama, Montana, New Hampshire. Um, there are others. Uh, the problem with absent now, the nice thing is we already have the absentee ballot mechanism in place in so many States. And all we need to do is just make that a touch easier. Uh, and 
some and some states like North Carolina require a notary um, and require like two witnesses or whatever. Uh, that's Rich. the kind of shit <laughs> that we got to get rid of to make absentee balloting easier because the mail-in balloting requires machines and each machine costs like a million dollars. And it, it's actually a really, really heavy lift to get mail-in ballots set up the way they have in like Oregon. Um, but absentee balance does not, do not require that heavy lift. And, uh, and I think that's really helpful. And I think you should be calling your state, uh, and local officials and asking them what the fuck guys. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think the, just the very idea that it seems efficient and safe means we're not going to get it. I mean, <laughs> like it's just that it just won't happen. What'll happen is you'll get a you'll have a button on your armband during the pandemic that one button is to vote for Trump and the other button is other, and that's <laughs> shock. <laughs> yeah, it just exactly. gives you an electric shock. One button is Trump, and the other one. The other one pinches your ball sack or whatever, and that's those are your options. Um, okay, but again, I want to end on a hopeful note, which is to call. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but also, there are so many ways to work against the fraud. You can have ballot envelopes that are designed to prevent fraud the way, you know, money is or whatever. Um, voters have to sign the envelope. Then the, the signature can match or whatever. Um States can track ballots in transit. I mean, there's just many ways to work against the fraud. The the mechanism for absentee balloting is already in place. Guys, motherfucking call your state assembly people. Uh, let's make this happen. Um, it can happen in so many states. It's already happening. Um, okay, you know what we're going to do, guys? We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about celebrities. <laughs> This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Pros. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey 
trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skincare, I tried the skincare just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, Um, Like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um, I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, The other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that, but we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, And this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness for like many years because when I saw this cleanser I was like oh is this what it's supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face that's not what I've been doing so I don't know guys and here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it in a third-party double-blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study um, which is like the gold standard for research studies Pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives, which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level if you think about it. Just it makes common sense. Pros are so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash Fake the nation um, will be taken off. That's pros.com slash fake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Uh, again, that's pros.com slash fake the nation. Go and get your just super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So pros.com slash fake the nation. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. 
And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. we are back. And before we get into it, I just want to let people know that, um, you know, I, people have been watching my, my last movie, Third Street Blackout. It's, um, set in the blackout after Hurricane Sandy and it pairs really well with a quarantine. It's a romantic comedy. It's fun. And it's another way of looking at a thing where society changes overnight. Of course, in that case, it only changed for five days. Um, so it was better. Um, but, uh, but we have made Third Street Blackout free, um, for you guys to stream for during this uh, COVID crisis. And you can go to the website, um, Third Street Blackout dot com slash stream. And, uh, it's again in the, in the website is the letter three R D S T blackout three R D S T blackout three blackout.com slash stream. Um, and you can watch that movie free. And if you feel like leaving a tip for the filmmakers, uh, proceeds from that will be going to, um, a COVID relief fund. We're trying to figure out which one is the best one for gig workers, uh, we might look at the one wage fund, um, and there are some others. We might look at artist funds. Anyways, we're gonna f- we're figuring out where the proceeds are going to go specifically, but proceeds will go to um, to relief funds. Uh, so you know, just that's just for you guys to enjoy it, have fun. Um, it's also available for money in other places, but again, you could watch it for free during COVID, uh, and you know, maybe it'll change your mood. Um, all right, let us uh, go into topic number two. James Corden and Elton John hosted telethons from home. Bill Maher hosted a weird real time from his backyard. J-Lo is posting Instagram photos of her kids serving her Perrier. This is what celebrities are doing during the quarantine. You guys, do you like hearing from them? (laughs) I don't know. That Imagine video really got me through some dark times. (laughs) Wait, Jenna, can can you explain the Imagine video for people who may have missed it? Oh, it was just um, a bunch of Gal Gadot's friends singing in different tunes, a a song that you couldn't really get on television because you can't really get the rights to a Beatles song. So (laughs) it was interesting. I mean, it was just like interesting that that was like the first reaction. And it just kind of made me want just like reinforce, like never, like never be that tone deaf. (laughs) Just like never... (laughs) What, so, what was tone deaf about it specifically? And by the way, the some of the I mean, these are big celebrities that did it. It was like Will Ferrell and 
I'm blanking on all of the other ones, but there were Will ton- Ferrell's Jimmy- always funny. I was actually impressed that in like that weird video, he still just like makes you laugh. I don't know. He's so good. I um, actually I think, think Sarah Silverman managed to also be oh, funny because yes, she did also. like a huh, huh, huh. Like she did like a, yeah. a ridiculous version, um, which I thought was at least a self, self-aware self about how ridiculous the, the task was. Anyway, so go ahead. What was... So it's tone deaf about Well, I think we've had for like, we've had such a luxury. And again, this is from like a privileged position, but like throughout like the 90s and like into like during like President Obama's tenure, I think that like celebrity just reigned supreme in America and people love celebrity and we're obsessed with celebrity. But like celebrity isn't going to get you out of a pandemic and celebrity is very much part of the problem it's like why people we don't have as much civic engagement the people we are voting for are like personality cults the present president was like a reality star and so i think like celebrity is very much the problem so like when like people are like suffering and scared and um celebrities just make a video where they're like singing to you with like just their faces it's like oh okay (laughs) it's not bad everybody has their own coping mechanism but there was just like this level of like just give it a beat just like get like just like donate money to people who need it i think it's also you get you're seeing them in their environments in which they're currently quarantined and you're like holy crap like of course you know gal gadot is rich but even like like, I don't even remember the backgrounds of any of them specifically. They're just, like, but even, some even, like, pond. you see a tree behind them, and you're like, God, that tree is so rich. Like, you can tell <laughs> looking at the wallpaper. You're like, that is—I know that is very expensive. Those wallpaper have thread count. I know that that is expensive wallpaper. I think one of, but them, now one of them had, like, an, a fire that was— lit like an actual fireplace situation right i think it was a, a fire that was on, uh, on what do you call it when a fireplace is doing its job what is that called, <laughs> is that called? a working fireplace like that the fire was on anyway active an active fireplace firing um <laughs> and i was like oh this is a really luxurious like we came to our home in the woods, you know what I mean? We're right making now, marshmallow uh, s'mores over here. You know what I mean? It seemed like a yeah. completely different experience from the rest of America. It is funny to see how they're now like um, trying to overcompensate by you're just like seeing a lot of celebrities like next to a toilet. <laughs> like, they're just like trying to look like they don't live somewhere nice. Yeah. They've had someone from the props department bring in things that look poor. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a great video of Ivanka Trump. Have you seen this? Like she's maybe in her kitchen and she's just riffing on how we're all in this together. And the kitchen, like it might as well be like Midas's house. I mean, it's, it's, and she's, and you can tell she's lost in her own thought, just being like, you know, and we are, we are with you and we're, and we're together in this. We're together and you're in like, this you are so full of it. Sonoma kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, she's like, the brush that I used for my hair could feed your family for 10 years. <laughs> I think that's the thing that's just the most, I I think what was nice when the press mediated celebrity, right? When your source for celebrity was just page six or whatever, Us Magazine. Though, first of all, those people had to catch celebrities when they were in public spaces. So 
so what you were really comparing yourself to or feeling shitty about was that they were beautiful or that they had perfect thighs or, oh my God, you know, or you didn't really see much. They had glasses on and a hat and you just couldn't see much. Um, and so, and you were just like, you were just marveling at the fact that they were walking. Uh, that's really- They're just like us. Yeah, they're just Celebs. like us. Oh my God. But now, be- because the press is not mediating their connection to the people, it turns out one thing that we've, 100% learn about 97% of celebrities is they have a very shitty idea of what we want to know about them. Um, and they are, we, they are all, they're all extraordinarily not self-aware about their riches. Um, Bill Maher, it's funny because, you know, he does this show on HBO and, and, and Hey, I want to be on that show. I'm not trying to fucking throw anybody under oh, the fucking game. bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not trying to not have jobs because all of my jobs have been canceled. So let's not make it worse. But you know, at the, so he's in his in his backyard that has a bar. I mean, he's he was like he pointed it out. I have a bar in my backyard. What do you think? I mean, he's very open about being extremely wealthy, right? A lot of them are open about being wealthy. But then at the end of the show, he like it's like that's the end of the show. And then he walked away and started taking off his jacket and then his tie and unbuttoning his shirt. And it looked like he was about to jump in a pool, which he did not do. It went to it faded to black. But it was just so weird. It was just a bizarre way to end a show. And I thought, oh, he just normally has a bunch of producers that tamp down those um, you know, those instincts. Uh, because those instincts are not good. They're and they're far removed from regular people. Like how they have a hard time maintaining regular human instinct because they start to live in a bubble, and the bubble is really nice. And then you start losing your edge. And I think another thing that's jarring about that stuff about the celebrity culture is in regular times there is. I'm going to speak for myself. There is this, but we're all like you know performers or artists. Oh God, gross of some kind. <laughs> But there is that element of like, you know, I'm just like one pilot pickup away from being them. I'm like, you know, I'm not that far. I'm not rich like they are, but it would take me a year of being successful to be like, you know, I'd be hanging out. I'd be, you, uh, Bill would pan over and I'd be sitting there drinking a drink. And I think now you realize that the difference isn't just like in the pandemic time. That difference is they're safe. I'm not. It's like that's like that's what feels out of touch. It's like, you know, Bill Maher's on a ranch or wherever. Money insulates you. With with all this space to run around and do whatever he wants. I am literally coming at you from inside of a physical closet. Right. <laughs> that's right. <where laughs> like you're in Brooklyn, which is the uh one of the epicenters. Of- yeah, and also let me say this. Relatively, I'm rich. Like I but well, you you see the magnitudes of difference. When you watch Gal Gadot be like, oh, you know what I think would actually help is if me and some of my friends sang Imagine. I think they, I think that would help a couple people. It's like, right. you, oh, you, I mean, you it no probably did help a couple about. people. That's probably, like, you know, that's fair. That's true. I bet, <laughs> I bet Yoko was like, this is great. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to point out there, there's been some celebrity, I feel like Tyler Perry paid the the supermarket yeah, cool. bills of like an entire- 70s different supermarkets in Atlanta. He paid people's grocery bills. That to me was great. You know, that I is mean, great. 
sure, you can argue of like whether it's effective. No, it's effective. I went, I actually did something like that because I'm a celebrity. No, I'm not. But I do want to say one thing. Nagina was cute when you were talking about Bill Maher like losing his edge. And I'm like, what decade are we in? Um, But also (laughs) in terms of, uh, I went on Twitter and I was like, just really sad one day. And I was like, if anyone needs money, just (laughs) DM me, (laughs) which is not the best idea. And then the interesting thing I found, it was all women. I paid, I gave them all like, you know, just like a little bit of money. Um, But it was weird because I remember one of the first people that DM me was like her avatar is like very religious. Uh And I was like, not trying to like play God, but I just was like, why? it, It made me see my, like where I was discriminatory. And I was like, you like, I would rather give to this person who's not like anti-choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but then, um, then so you know, it was it was dumb. But I guess my point, as I'm rambling at 8 a.m. in LA, is if you are feeling sad, this is something where you can just like not at the top levels of throw money at it, but like there are so many people who just like need money for groceries, and if you have a little bit, you can just like give it to people. Like if you just give it to your, some of your friends who need it, or some random lady on Twitter who's hopefully not a troll, it it's important. I think we do need to like work a little extra hard to take care of people. If you're not going to the grocery store, like tip your any delivery people at least like twice as much as yeah. normal. Yeah. Yeah, like take care of people in little ways because it matters. Yeah. And so I feel like it would be what I would love is to hear more stories like the Tyler Perry story and like your story, Jen. Again, like, you know, you're not fucking rolling. That was dumb. And if I. But no, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, guys, we've uh, performed on the same shows where you get paid in uh, in drink, uh, drink and feel good social justice points. (laughs) (laughs) You know those? Yeah. Um, But but I but these are the stories I want to hear. I want to hear about the Tyler Perry's and the you know, the the, just give a million dollars to the charity. You know what I mean? I feel like the the James Corden like tell stuff. I mean, people were criticizing. But this is just for like your listeners too. just give 20 bucks to your friend who, you know, is struggling. Like I think one of the bigger fallouts from this is going to be the economic fallout. 40% of Americans right now don't have like $400 in savings. And so the longer we're in these kinds of quarantines and there are so many people whose jobs have been like bartenders and uh, service industry f- people who just do and, and comedians and musicians <laughs> who's just yeah. like careers have been like postponed. I think we have to just we'll all try to just take care of people that, you know, are struggling. Um, do you what do you think of the celebrities doing about like shows that go on from home? Do you wish that they are you glad that they're still broadcasting or do you do, are they filling some sort of a void for you or are you keeping people employed? And I mean, if you watch, I'm sure people are enjoying watching them. Are you do, are either of you are any of you watching them? Uh, I watch them about as much as I used to watch them, which is semi regularly. <laughs> um, but I watch like clips and stuff. And it seems like they're getting, you know, millions of views on YouTube. Who knows how YouTube counts a view or whatever. But it seems like they're going pretty well. And I'm into it. I, I like the shows. I mean, I feel like it helps, you know, maintain a little sense of normalcy. Um, and, you know, to get, to me, like, the Closer Look segments on 
Seth Meyers are like one of the things that keep me alive. You just want to get on the show again so yeah. fast. <laughs> hey, Seth, if you're listening. <laughs> hey, Seth, if you're if listening. If I don't see Seth Meyers, I'll die. <laughs> yeah, there's a particular episode you guys should check out. Google, uh, Google Michael Cruz Kane, Seth Meyers, you can check it out. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like I – it's interesting. I, I am – I'm sort of like uh, – if you're creating content like – Create content. Don't let it be about you. I, I'm, I'm, un, I'm sort of uncomfortable with just like celebrity conversations with talking about how they sort of feel about it because they are having a wildly different experience than the rest of us. And so, but I am okay with like jokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I feel like things need to, it's almost like can we – can we supersede the celebrity interview in some of these shows with an interview uh, with like the, you know, uh, um, the head of uh, caregiving across generations or something? Do you know what I mean? Where you're like, okay, now now is the time we can talk about these fucking issues. This is the the door is open for us. People are experiencing it. I'm going to make a celebrity out of the executive director of this nonprofit. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of what I – want to see yeah. I don't know but like also I don't I've been listening to Howard Stern and he had Rosie O'Donnell on and and it is this virus is like an equalizer in a lot of ways too I mean I think a lot of people really are afraid and a lot of people are at risk and you know we've seen public figures die um yeah and so it, it's insulating but not in every situation and and so I do think there. There is a universality to it also. But yes, we should we should, you know, reevaluate like who we admire and appreciate in our society because Yeah. Our values are misaligned. Misaligned. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound <laughs> ingenerous. Ingenerous? No, it's not. <laughs> I, just, I just feel bad for I, older people too. It's and then yeah. like people who have their kids at home and that's even if you have like a coach house or whatever or like a guest house, having your kids at home like kids are depressed their lives have been I've, I've done zero studies on this I'm just thinking I don't I haven't seen a kid since the 90s but um <laughs> their lives have been upended my kids are on their, your kids my kids are on their iPads are like 49 hours a day and loving it <laughs> yeah for them it's like it's like I mean honestly Mike I, I don't know what happened to make my kids basically okay but maybe like we've hit them at really good ages. I think if they were teenagers, that'd yeah. be really tough. I have friends who have kids who are like, you know, just went on their first date and then they got quarantined. Uh, you know what I mean? Stuff like yeah. that. Or like, you know, who missed their proms. And I know on the hierarchy of things that we need in our life, mass death and prom are not near each other. But I could see that it'd be difficult for those, like to have those formative moments. My kids like... I don't have a toddler, which I think would be incredibly tough to have, like, something smashing around the house that has, um, you know, no ability to restrain itself. And I don't have a teenager. So I'm right in that window where my kids are, like, on Zoom with their friends every day for a couple hours and kind of eating it up. But I think that that's – I mean, don't get me wrong. I still scream at them, like, between 10 and 15 times a day. It's not like things are going perfectly. But it hasn't been as bad for us as I know it has been for a lot of my friends. Yeah, the toddler that I have uh, <laughs> is a full nightmare. She's wonderful, um, but it's just like she requires so much. There's nothing we can do that isn't us 
paying deep attention to her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and in the absence of additional childcare, it, uh, and still trying to keep up the minimal work. It's funny because it's like half of the things I do have been canceled, but it turns out just the other half with a baby is like having 47 jobs. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, there's definitely a- that, that part of it for me where it's like, okay, my wife is at work. And so my kids need help with their schoolwork. And it's very hard to be like, I really, I'm trying to work out this joke about a, about a Chinese dinosaur. <laughs> I can't help you with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels insane. So I have to be like, let me put this away so that my son can do his you right. know, project about haikus. Right. <laughs> right. Um, okay. You guys, what do you think of celebrity culture during these crazy times? Uh, was I too hard on them? I don't know. No, you weren't too hard on anyone. <laughs> I think as long as they're not like telling people to go outside, they're they're fine. Mm. They're not hurting anyone for the right, most part. Right. Um, Except Donald Trump, who got into the White House. Because yeah, the problem celebrity. isn't with any individual celebrity, really. It's the systemic <laughs> oppression of people through economic and racial means. Okay. <laughs> and. Fiend. Um, okay. <laughs> All right, you guys, let's, we're going to move on. But uh, before we move on, I want to remind you guys that Fake the Nation has bonus episodes available on Stitcher Premium. They're called Bonus the Nation. Uh, a couple of episodes have already been released. Um, and they're so fucking fun. And they're just, I think they're even more off the rails um, than normal because they are they have that bonus vibe. Uh, they're really fun. And I, um, I want to point out, like, we're one of the very few podcasts that pays our panelists. It's a standard we have maintained from the very beginning. Um, and if you join Stitcher Premium, it helps us maintain that standard. Um, it's something I've been proud of from the beginning. And I, uh, I want to keep doing it and... Um, joining Stitcher Premium is a way to help this show. Uh, so you just go to stitcherpremium.com slash fake and you can use the code fake to join Stitcher Premium. You'll get a month of free access. There's a shit ton of free content, of additional content on there. And uh, so join Stitcher Premium. You'll help the show. You'll get a bunch of stuff to listen to. Um, it's super fun. I hope you guys will do it. Uh, Stitcher.com. Sorry, stitcherpremium.com uh, slash fake. Uh, thanks guys. And thanks to everyone who's already joined. Um, I'm so, so appreciative. All right. And now let's get into topic number three. I've gotten exactly two emails in the last four years from listeners about how I use the term you guys, you guys. And, um, and they, and in both of these emails, and I just got one yesterday. Um, while I was putting together a show and and I happened to read it. I know I'm behind on so many emails. I'm sorry. We'll get to them. Um, but I, I opened this one immediately and I saw it and I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. This is the second email I've now gotten in four years. Um, that basically they uh, think that my use of the term you guys is offensive um, and anti-feminist and I should make an effort to stop using the term you guys. And it got me to thinking, I wonder where we are on this. And then I, you know, I started Googling it and actually the the sender was nice enough to send some links. Um, there's been a lot of articles written about it that I have missed all of them. Um, and so I started to think and I wanted to know from you guys uh, what you think. <laughs> this is, by the way, I recognize the most self-centered topic because it is about me using you the guys, term. You guys, <laughs> we're all going to die. 
Um, but I just thought, uh, why not? Like, let's have a chat about something that has absolutely nothing to do with COVID. Um, what do you think about that term? Do you, is it, what does it mean to you? Does it, is it creeping sexism? Is it not a big deal? What do you think? Um, I've found myself taking it, taking it out of emails with people that I'm not close with or with people like who are working, like I, for like the last soft focus writers room, there was like a moment where I was like writing you guys and I just like took it out. I I get why people are, you know, over, I think there's a level of sensitivity to that where if you're worried about that, then like you're very lucky because there are a lot of other things to work, to be upset about. That said, language is important. And if it's easy to just take things out that you could have other things in, you know, I, I, I think I, I catch myself doing it automatically and then kind of taking it out. But I don't think I'm not offended and I don't think anyone should be. Well, people are offended by whatever they want, but it doesn't bother me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Knowing that it bothers other people has modified my use of it, but I don't. You're not bothered by it personally. Of course not. I feel like as a as a human man, I want to make sure that I'm the last to speak on this particular <laughs> I issue. I know. I was going to make a joke about that. <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, if the question is, is it anti-feminist? I sort of feel like it's inarguable that it definitely is. I don't know. My, I would, I just assume referring to all human beings as you guys would for sure be anti-feminist. I'm open to being corrected, but it just seems like a thing that's so baked into our language culturally like, you know, mankind or delivery man or whatever, like that's the setup of the English language in America. And I think it is hard to reprogram yourself, but it's not that hard. I feel like it's like the anticipation of how difficult it will be to stop saying you guys is actually more anxiety inducing than actually just not doing it anymore. (laughs) Like I think if you actually, what I have started to do (laughs) is I, say friends. I often, I often it's like, we'll say, Hey friends, instead of you guys, I used to say you guys, I also really love saying dude and bro, Me even too. when addressing people who are not, um, who are not men. So I'm trying to do that less because whereas before in a different era, I thought that was like cute and fun. Now I think there are people who are like, well, I actually am. That hurts my feelings. And I think everybody can draw their own line around what they think, what offends them. And hey, everybody, rapist. <laughs> hey, racist. And I think everybody I said can rapist, also... but racist oh, is good. Rapist. Rapist. Yeah, um, racist is good, too. I mean, it's not, but it's... But I was just going to say that, and I think everybody can decide for themselves what it is that they want to police in themselves. It just seems like if it's a thing that's not that hard for you to fix, yeah, just fix it. What the hell? Why not? Why not? I, I had a, a protracted debate with somebody uh, on Facebook, which is just makes oh, me cool to say that I'm so in Facebook good. debates right yeah. away. <laughs> Sorry, ladies, already married. <laughs> but with a guy who, like, it was, Im- for some reason, important to him to continue saying the word. And I don't even know, if, if, uh, the word is retarded. He wanted to keep, he, like, was battling me for the right to say the word. And it's like, I mean, you can keep saying, if I'm not going to come to your house and put tape over your mouth. I just think people in general would feel better if you stopped. You guys feels like 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 super innocuous compared to that, but it just does seem like a thing where if you could stop yourself from saying it, 
wouldn't it just be fine? Right. I mean, okay. Um, <clears throat> definitely. And I hear all of these arguments. By the way, the term I hear all these arguments, uh, the, that phrase is ableist. ableist. So we have a shit, a shit, shit, shit ton of ableist language in our um, expressions and whatever. I hear you. I see you. Walk, don't run. Run, don't walk. Whatever. Like, it's all over the place. Um, but uh, I, my, it's funny because I... So I hear you and I see you and I feel you. Um, <laughs> I also understand. I und- oh you. shit, there it is. But that's um, ableist too, isn't it? <laughs> I understand like, you, but um, I sort of thought what we were doing as a society was repurposing these these ter- some of these kind of terms as gender neutral terms. You know what I mean? That we were like. Yeah, this hey guys has just been around. It's so innocuous, unlike retarded, which which is not innocuous. It's obscenely loaded, right? Um, you know, cunt, for example. Is know, act I love I will defend cunt uh, to uh, the end of days, which Jenna are which has is coming an album out. Named um, American cunt. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is annoying for you to get that email. Just that is what's annoying. I think the email that somebody sent you about like policing your language when you're doing this show and it's that term is annoying. No, I, I'm not annoyed by it. I think it's great. And I love that people reach out and they're so nice. You saw the email. It was so nice. It was so nice. It was so supportive. Um, but I, uh, or you saw, I shared some parts, some excerpts from the email. Sorry, listener. Uh, don't think I'm just uh, forward. Um, Nagina's <laughs> violating your privacy, which should be your next email. It should she be, you know, hey. I, I included I included some your home quotes. address, which is crazy. <laughs> I included some quotes and some links that you shared with me. Thank you. Um, and I, I think so for me, okay, do you guys know the star? I mentioned this before on the show. I'm sure I have. You know the show Battlestar Galactica? Mm-hmm. I feel like this was a formative show for me. I think about it a lot. I refer to it plenty. And in the show, all of the women are referred to as Mr. And I thought it's like in a in a imagined other world kind of future. Written by? Um, I have no idea. And um, probably a man, (laughs) right? No, that's fine. Written by a man. But to me, I was like, oh, we all just go. I I was like, God, I'd love to be called Mr. So so from my lens, it's like giving me the status that like we've given, you know, our most august leaders, right? And mm-hmm. we're get, we're like now we're like you know now women have that status too you know what I mean because if we think the word scholar isn't um, gendered or or leader isn't gendered or teacher isn't gendered right these words are all gendered you know from historically language is just a language as we speak it today is just a um, a collection of scars and wounds from the greatest atrocities <laughs> of humankind right. Like, that's what language represents. Um, and it's now, it's just like, how do we take the one? I, I, I just, I guess, yeah. To me, you guys has, is so innocuous. And it, and it, and it confers, um, to me, it's such a gender, it's, it has felt so gender neutral my entire life. That and I know that I should grow and look at things. And now you're gonna have to give it up. I think you're gonna have to give it up. I think it's one of those. What, what 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 you're saying to me sounds like a pain that I feel all the time when I say the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. 
And it is the pain of being like one wave behind. And I feel like yeah. I'm all like I'm always playing catch up with language where I'll say something publicly and then someone who is more in touch with what's current will right. be like, that's deeply offensive. Right. And I'll be like, I, totally. I think I have to go through 10 stages before I get to, oh, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. And I think you're right for but 99% I, I also of the population. Hear, I also hear Gen Z saying you guys. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the th- – it's not, it's not the most divisive of all of the, you know – um, it's like if I can't stick to saying they when someone asked me to, I'm a f- I'm a fucked up person. But um, then the question is, is this the flag you want to plant in the sand, no, McGean? <laughs> I, no, I mean, OK, but the question of the flag is you I guys. try and be OK. I'm I don't I don't know if I'm a good person. Right. Um, but I try and be a good person. Not binary, and you know, I spend a lot of my fucking time thinking about issues and doing something about issues. Right. And um, I'm like, it's uh, can I still just be a good person and think that you guys is a gender neutral term? I think, and I, it not be like I don't know offensive. I guess I think you absolutely can be, but I and I I I really want to make clear that I'm not trying to separate myself from you as someone who's like. I'm ahead of the curve, right, baby. Right, I know. Right, no. Oh my god, I shouldn't have said baby. Oh my god, oh my god. But the uh, God. <laughs> oh god. But oh god. Some of us oh, don't no believe god. in God. <laughs> but I do think that what you're feeling, I think, is the way a lot of people yeah. who feel like they've been made to feel like bad people right. by like social Steelers. justice movements are feeling. Where you get to a certain point where you're like, I've been, I've tried so hard every day. And I think at a certain point, also, the older you get, and I know you're only 22. Yeah. But <laughs> at a certain point, you get to a place like your software is like, I'm not updating anymore. This is this is as far. <laughs> this doesn't run. I run on Microsoft 98 and I can't switch to the new thing. I can't anymore. And I think that there's a pain, really, of going from one thing to the next thing. And it gives us people who are like, think of ourselves as, you know, socially just people a window, when we get called out, a window into what it feels right, like right, right, right. when you go back to your parents to be like, no, you can't say whatever. oriental you, know, you, you can't say tr- Exactly. Although I should say my mother, who is Asian, says oriental every day. Every, <laughs> she every just day. finds so occasion dad, to say it all the time. <laughs> yeah, she just screams it out in the driveway and then goes back inside. Um, I, uh, I empathize with what I'm saying is I empathize with what you're feeling. And I also think you could, you are a good person. <laughs> Thank uh, you. But, but there's like, I think like one of the, this is corny, but like being a good person is like an active, continually evolving thing. No, you're right. It it is. It is. It's an evolving thing. And 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 it's funny because I got the the second time the other time I got this email was maybe like in year one of this podcast. And I thought about it and I was like, hmm, okay, well, if I get more emails like this, I'll really think about it. And then I got one more email like three and a half years later. <laughs> and and like, you're having like a psychological and now crisis. I'm having like a, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and I, and I did some, re- you know, and it's just interesting because I also think, um, there is, you know, a way of looking at language. I, 
and I totally see what you're saying that I could just be having like an okay boomer moment (laughs) where I'm having a hard time adjusting, but I feel like I don't have a hard time adjusting with nearly everything that's come out of the social justice movements of the last five years. I have no problems with it. Um, I support it. I champion it. You know, I'm out there, I'm on the streets, I'm holding signs. I do all of that. Okay. But, um, with, with certain, you know, with this type of thing, I'm, I'm all, I think they're the, why don't we repurpose? Why aren't we repurposing something that's not, that's so innocuous to begin with? Maybe because as we're opposed a, to, you know what I mean? Maybe we're like at this moment where it's just the misogyny is so insidious that we just got to cut the words for a minute. Yeah. And then we can go back to you guys when we have a female president. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. that's right. We'll be able to say right. bitch publicly again when and we like finally her, get a female president. Like president, president cunt. I mean, the whole... Or whatever. <laughs> My whole support of Elizabeth Warren was uh, premised on the notion that I could keep continue <laughs> saying you guys. <laughs> she, um, that was her ease. plan. For, she had a plan <laughs> she had for a you plan guys. She had a plan for me. Um, can we talk very quickly, and this is so stupid, about alternatives... Um, there's a few in, in the many articles that have been written about this. Uh, friends, folks, everyone. Someone wrote colleagues. Someone wrote scholars. Gang, team, y'all. And someone wrote guys. Just in- like, hey. Hey. <laughs> um, someone wrote guys and girls, which I thought, that's a terrible option because girls makes it sound like the women in the room are children. Men and sex pots. <laughs> Harlots. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Harlots, sluts, and virgins. <laughs> and misters. Um, what if I said use guys? Does that help at all? Use <laughs> all. Y'all. Okay, so, yeah, if you sound like foghorn leghorn, it's better. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you for this um, very self-centered uh, question addressed to for me, for my own help and my own thinking. Thanks for getting me through it. Jenna, did you have another uh, something to add? I do. Do we have like three minutes? Because it's actually something I would want to know your take on. Yes. But if we don't. We have three minutes. I got in trouble on Twitter recently. Surprise, surprise. But I want to know <laughs> ethically what you both, what you all think about this. What you guys think about this. <laughs> I just was on Twitter. It's really sad right now. Seeing people uh, die and like people mourning them and I wanted to just give throw everyone a bone give them some good news so I just wrote breaking news Stephen Miller has tested positive for COVID-19 I didn't realize how viral it would go Uh I didn't realize that many many journalists who I respect like retweeted it without fact checking it I literally had I kind of when it started to go viral I put in my Twitter bio, don't quote me. Um, and then people got very upset with me for spreading fake news. But is it is it my responsibility as a comedian? And is it fake news as much as like satire or like a feel-good story that people can just, you know, Stephen Miller's young enough. Like there are jokes that maybe his, if the virus can attach right. to his like oily lipid shell, we don't know. But is, was that wrong? I did delete it, but I did let it go viral for a couple of days before I deleted it. But people were very <laughs> mad at me, very mad at me. And then somebody wrote an article about it. It was so dumb. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think that 
first of all, problem. any any journalist who retweets something without looking into it is like that's their own bad. Hundo P, if you're like a writer at the Washington Post and you just retweet Jenna Friedman stating a what you think is a fact without like that would be major national news if that were a fact. So it's wild that someone would retweet that. If I didn't correct blind. myself, it could have been a fact. Like the only reason the guy wrote an article was in the Daily Dot is because I started writing, "Hey journalists, like take this down," but I'm leaving it up. And then some like <laughs> New York mag writer who I thought was like cool took like a bunch of my tweets and like made me look like and like he's like maybe I was like spiraling because people were like being so mean and I was reading the comments where I was like you guys I'm just trying to make you feel good and they're like you and so then I was just like backtracking and then he took like four of my tweets in a row and was like okay and then I just felt like a boomer It's so funny how boomery we're all feeling in this convo. It's like you, like all the time that we've been being like, you people don't get it. And now everyone's pointing at us being like, actually, you're like them. But it's like, can't you guys just look, Stephen Miller puts kids in cages. He's a Jewish Nazi. I can't even get my head around that. He might have COVID. We, there are so many silent carriers. You don't technically know he doesn't. I just. I mean, the, sa- okay, so- the sad thing about the joke. Is And the sad thing about Twitter. Oh, and there was no punchline. It was satire. That's the other thing. People were like, right. it's not a joke. Where's your punchline? I'm like, it's satire, so much yeah. funnier that people believe this is real yeah, 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 than just yeah. having some dumb joke that like 20 other people are doing because we're all doing the same jokes because we all are living the same, not the same hellscape. experience, but yeah. the same hellscape. Yeah. Um, okay. I think the sad thing about the satire is that it was, and this is the problem with Twitter, is that it's completely out of context. So a bunch of people who don't know you are now reading this and they don't understand that it's satire. They don't know, if if you were doing that on stage, sandwiched between all of your material and people could see who you are and the type of material you do, like coming out of you, I'm 100% not surprised by that tweet. Like that's, I would read it and I would be like, ah, that's Jenna Friedman. You know what I mean? That's what I love about her. She fucking says it. And, um, but the problem with Twitter is that we don't have the benefit of like, ah, I love Jenna Friedman. I know what she does. This is what she no, does. They're like, right? burn the witch. They're like, burn the witch. <laughs> it's funny because I wrote a tweet last night that I was worried. And I'm not exactly, I wrote, um, hey, xenophobes, remember when you thought burkas were bad? Built-in face mask, bam. And I was worried about that. And some people got back at me like, by the way, burkas are not safe for like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just like oh god and then, you know but then like I just, you'd go to your doctor and your doctor would be like i'm gonna prescribe um hydra whatever it is <laughs> and also a burka <laughs> right but i think um people are sensitive right now people too. are sensitive right now and i think when we want to do something that has that we're questioning i added bam to the end of that tweet so that it was clear that i was joking right i don't know if that worked but um i think you can make jokes but you know but you have to kind of make it at your own risk make them now i guess my question is should i do it again (laughs) 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 no and should it be steve bannon should it be alex jones (laughs) has this happened to you guys people have said to me multiple times and like over zoom hangouts like i wish trump would get coronavirus and oh, yeah. a second part of that sentence, which I'm not going to repeat. And I get deeply uncomfortable because obviously I don't want anyone to die or whatever. I don't want even to be misconstrued that I, anyone should think that I would want anyone to die, however horrendous that person is, right? Um, and people are sort of more cavalier about saying that out loud. 
uh, because they're all, because also people are just stuck in their fucking bunkers with a really botched response at the federal level. So it's like your feeling about Stephen Miller is just coming through every pore with the anger and the intensity and like it didn't have to be this way, you motherfucker, you know? And I so I understand wanted, I wanted to give well. people good news because so many good people are dying. <laughs> so many, like the that musician, John the two couple musicians, yeah, and then yeah. the one, uh, Adam Sussin, Sussinger. Uh-huh. Uh, 41 um, transit just, workers. Uh, 41, tra- yeah, know, yeah, 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 no. Know, it's just, I mean, just the, yeah, the, the bus driver in Detroit, like all of these people. And so then just to see that Stephen Miller got it, I'm not even saying that, it just sparks joy to think... <laughs> That there's karma. It just I like that you brought happy. Marie Kondo I, into this. Uh. <laughs> I think if you were to make a video like this explaining the joke and post it on Twitter, it would oh, really yeah. do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it comedians sure should all do is explain, well. <laughs> explain their jokes. <laughs> really. It wasn't even a joke. It was like performance art. I actually yeah, got, I got stoned <laughs> and then was like writing that. And that's like when the guy like screenshotted. The screenshot of other people's tweets and put it's so aggressive and creepy and I really But it is like that. I think it's one of those other side moments where you're like, Oh, when I read other articles about people being like this, yeah. this it's this. It's this it's, it's this really happening. Spin out and then you're like, Wait, I just wanted you and then like but the four of those tweets together and then it's like a a New York mag writer doing it and you're like Yeah, and oh. then you get avalanched under all these like deeply unkind oh, replies. My Twitters. People are dying <laughs> but my Twitter. Nobody. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I, I like I've never been um nobody has any idea who I am, so that's never happened to me. <laughs> but I can, Just I, wait it, today. <laughs> it, it does seem terrible to be avalanched under. It's so dumb. And it's, it's also dumb. like, it feels like an avalanche, but it's like 50 people or whatever replying to, you know what I mean? I guess once it's put in New York Magazine, that's a different story. Well, I think but, also when you get picked up by like Alex Jones or Breitbart or whatever, and I, I have, you have too, right, Jenna? Been picked up by those oh, guys? Oh, I've been on, I can't even say, I've been on a big Nazi rag that I don't even want to invoke. Yeah, but the other so, thing so is, we, I mentioned when, when those guys pick you up, um, they picked me up on this too because the, I mentioned Nazi. I I said, what's the worst thing that could happen if people actually think that Stephen Miller has COVID? He'll have to like pitch his Nazi policies via Zoom, <laughs> and but writing Nazi in the tweet. Then got the Nazis involved. Right, 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 it gets right. delivered directly to, to Alex Jones. And then Jones you, you have like trolls who aren't even real. Saying like you're gonna like all this shit. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but yes, but, but, I, but when you and and I don't know if this has been your experience, but getting when you get picked up by the far right is that they don't just. I mean, they will fucking go at it for like three full days, and th- and they will leave thousands of comments. You know? Yeah, you have to put your feed to private. And just, yeah, I start. I was getting that, so I... I just, I, I mean, I, I never put my feet to private, but I just, like, stepped away from Twitter for, like, two days once because I couldn't handle it. But, um, but, but the nice thing is, uh, this too shall pass. Like, it always passes, you know what I mean? They get, they get alarm, they get into something else, and then it, you move on. And so even with this thing, even, you know, the purist on Twitter will stop harassing you. Um, all right, you guys, what do you think of Jenna Friedman's tweet? <laughs> don't let me on know. That journey. It's gone. Yeah, we don't. I think we don't ever have to talk about it again. I just wanted to know what you guys saw because I haven't seen you or anyone. Right. <laughs> but we 
also know Stephen Miller's a huge fan of this podcast, so he'll probably respond directly. <laughs> he'll probably email Maybe in. he has it. Maybe he does have it. Uh, he's the I one heard. who wrote me about the term <laughs> you guys, actually. So Yeah. Um, oh, wait, did you see on AP? He actually has no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 All right, you guys, I normally end the show by asking how do you feel, but instead I'm gonna ask what is making you feel hopeful? I was just going to say, and this is a very corny answer, but it's going to have to be my family. I mean, like, if I did not have my kids with me right now every day while my wife is, you know, at work, I'd be losing my mind. So it's like, it's human children. Boo, sentimental, (laughs) boo. And seeing my wife and her friends, like, you know, go to battle. It's like, there are good people here who are seeking the common good. And that gives me some hope. Jenna. Michael's family. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) Gives me hope. It does, you know, like little kitties adapting so well. Um, Doctors and nurses and healthcare workers, like, you know, risking their lives. I I really hope we can be better at protecting them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I saw that you're going to make fun of the cooking show, but I'm actually doing a I'm going to be doing a cooking show. Are you really? Be, yeah, it's called The Joy of Quarantine, and I don't know how to bake, and I've already, like, burned myself just trying to make, like, the easiest things and cut myself. Sorry, I'm not thinking that. Um, but I just, you know... Um, I'm just going to Jenna, remember when we were on the Food Network together that one oh, time? Oh, my goodness, yeah. yes. <laughs> You should do something with that. I know. I am not a big, uh, yeah, I'm not big at cooking either. Um, I uh, feel, I. It's, you mentioned about your, your wife who's a nurse. Um, not to be outdone, my dad and my brother are also on the front lines. Uh, no, but what's making me hopeful, actually, my dad explained to me, you know, because I was really, he's in an age group that should not be operating on people right now, but he is. Um, and so he's out there doing surgeries and I'm just like, how are they letting you fucking do this? You know what I mean? Um, but he's got the skills and they need him. And uh, because other things are still happening while coronavirus is happening, like heart attacks, um, which my dad's really good at fixing. Uh, and so one of the, but he explained what's making, what I'm grateful for is he explained to me what the hospital is doing to keep him safe um, and all of the uh, frontline workers safe. And there's something, um, and I don't know if all the hospitals are doing this, but in the the hospitals that he works at in Southern California, um, they have something where they can do negative pressure or something, air in the hospital, where they push the air from the hospital out. So instead of like circulating the air from the outside in and then that air stays in there, they're constantly circulating it out. Um, which I didn't realize that was a thing. But anyways, that's the thing. So it helps vi- the virus move away. Um, they just blow the air onto like a Native American yeah, reservation. Yeah, just, just right outside. <laughs> no, but then it dissipates in the air and that's fine. Um, it, it, the homeless um, people next door. It degrades in the air. It, ca- it can't survive that long, whatever. Um, and then uh, he also talked about there's like some kind of ultraviolet light that they have going in the hallways. Yes. And I don't know if your wife has talked to you about this. Um, but there's some, I almost bought a wand on Amazon, one of the UV ray right, wands. The, so they I need have one the, that works. The UV lights going, and um, you know, and he just talked about the the whole the cleaning and the just the whole the, everything <laughs> that the hospitals are doing. And I was just like, that makes I'm very grateful for the, the plans that are going into stuff like that, uh, and it's giving me hope. 
Um, you guys, that's the end of the show. And I really want for the people of Fake the Nation to follow you and all of your your cooking. Um, Jenna Friedman, where do they do that? Oh, I'm on Twitter. Um, don't believe everything you read. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I didn't buy the UV ray on Amazon because Amazon and is really Evil. not good with their worker. Yeah, yeah. but um, I, but UV we talked rays about I it last hear. week. I, I yeah. Uh, told yeah, I mean, everyone not to buy Amazon. Yeah, I'm around. I'm online. Um, my name has one N in it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that is a ringing endorsement of yourself. Uh, Michael Cruz Kane, where do people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Cruz Kane. And you can also come to my home address, which is. <laughs> beep! Just beep. a bunch of bleeping sounds. <laughs> Um, you guys, I really want to, I, I can't emphasize enough that these two people are so fucking fantastic. You should consume everything they've ever done. And uh, and uh, I love them both dearly um, as, as artists. There, I said it. Artists. Michael, did you want to throw up a little bit? Yeah, I like it when you make it French. It's even better. <laughs> um, but what I really want to do, and uh, oh, you know who makes me hopeful are the fucking people who make this show happen in the most ridiculous circumstances. You guys, that's our producer, Anita Flores, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens. Um, Gabby Alter wrote our theme music. Lily Fleshler helps with research. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, topics we should be chatting about, guest ideas. You can leave us a voicemail, 347-770-4981, or drop us a line at commentsfakethenation.com. Um, and if you like what you hear, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps people find the show. And don't forget, if you're interested, please uh, join Stitcher Premium. You can do that at stitcherpremium.com slash fake. Use the promo code fake. You'll get a free month of Stitcher Premium. You guys, I mean, oh, fuck, there it is. It's just, I, it's in my mouth. You're like white lives mattering, you guys. <laughs> You people, which sounds insulting, strangely. Um, I will see you all uh, next. Oh, and then I was ableist on top of it. Fuck me. Um, I will stay, be with you, everyone, next week. Uh, goodbye. Oh, that somehow uh, favors <laughs> endings. All right. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>